look, man, say what you want about classic rock, but if you say anything negative, then I respond with fuck you, because Head East, they were never a truly important band, unless you were a Head East fan, in which case they were the most important band. You may want to quantify them as a one-hit wonder, and I am playing the one hit. I'll let it go for just one second. Two lead singers. Honest to God. I mean, you can like what you like, right? And I, I, I've always been of the opinion you don't get to pick what you love. You hear a song, you're like, holy shit. Like Easy Living by Uriah Heep. That organ kicks in and something happens in my little lizard brain where I don't get to pick whether or not I'm a fan anymore. Same thing with Head East right there. Never been any reason. As we kick off episode, what are we at? 225? 225. Two and a quarter. 225 episodes into the Brian Oak Show here from the Smart Start MN Studios in the heart of South Minneapolis. Here we are near 48th in Chicago, an area that Sean and I both love. And we talk about this city and these towns and where we live a lot. And it means a lot to a lot of us. And, you know, people keep saying, like, why don't you get bigger artists? I'm like, well, every once in a while I'll fish for them. But I'd rather talk to the people that make up the fabric of the community I Hell live in. Oh yeah. And, and I know Head East isn't from here, but I don't give a shit, man. I could listen to Head East all day, every day. <laughs> I want to let you know right now, Sean, before we go any further, I am on the verge of going on, if we didn't have two important guests to get to, a gigantic tirade. I woke up to a very aggressive text message from somebody who stalked my daughter online years ago, and he wrote something really awful about the most important person on planet Earth to me, and I'd like to share with you what I responded with, but it's all so venal and hate-filled. We're not doing that on this show today, so help me relax. Will you come over here and rub my shoulders, Sean? Well, I would do that, or... I have oil. Or you got to realize that I have watched all the true crime shows and I can help you murder somebody and get away with it. See, here's the thing. After we're done with this podcast, I don't have anywhere to be until Monday morning at 5 a.m. This guy lives a couple states south of us. You always burn the getaway vehicle. That's step one. I have a tire (laughs) iron. And I want to write his name on it. Oh. And I want to go like, knock, knock, knock on the door. I'm like, hey, sorry, are you... And be like, oh, hey, uh, I actually was supposed to bring you something real quick. Let me grab it. And just... But again, it's disingenuous because I'm at 53 years of age. I've never thrown a punch in my life. But wow, am I seething with rage right now. So we're just going to... Let it go. We're about to talk to two very, very interesting women who have been a part of the fabric of this community for a long time and many other communities and done things. The hour we have for them is not going to do either of them justice, but we're still going to have to get whatever we can into that hour. (laughs) So let's take care of our opening segment as quickly as possible. Smart Start MN, they are the primary sponsor, the naming sponsor of the very studio we sit in and the people who have kept us alive since day one in terms of funding, in terms of being able to afford a studio, in terms of being able to continue to crank out episode after episode. SmartStartMN.com, they are the original Minnesota Ignition Interlock company. They worked with the legislature. They worked with the state. They realize what is the number one problem facing people who have a DUI. First of all, don't get a DUI. Total stupid move, but it happens constantly. So what is your first concern at that point? I got to get back in my car and you're going to lose your license. And some of us before this program was in place, I'm speaking, you know, hypothetically, of course, when we had our DUI, we took our daughter to daycare every day in a cab. There was no Uber. There was no Smart Start MN. So proud. It was brutal (laughs) from, again, what I've been told. But at least the other moms didn't judge you for it. No, it's cool dropping your kid off at daycare in a cab. Why doesn't your dad drive? Oh, he's an alcoholic. (laughs) Oh, I So anyway, um, there are ways around that. Now, you can get back into your vehicle. You can get back on the road. You can do it safely, legally and appropriately with the company that was there at the birth of the Ignition Interlock System, Smart Start MN. And if you go to a particular portion of their website, well, you can do it in the right way and save some money on the installation of that Ignition Interlock System. Yep, smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the Ignition Interlock 
system. All the things I want to rage about today aren't half as interesting as the two women we're about to They're talk fun. to. They're fun. You could tell when they walked through the door. This Son is of going a bitch. to be a fun episode. Yeah, Lisa and Jen, I go back longer than any of us would probably like to admit with them, and we'll talk to them very shortly. But first, I wanted to share a song by a particular band that I love very, very much. They're at the birth of British metal, right? And... There are 17 bands and or artists up for nomination in this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And first and foremost, I have to say, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't mean anything. There's nothing at stake. So when people are like, that Dolly Parton's not rock and roll, Tribe Called Quest, shut up. Okay, it, it's it's a, it's a pop culture Hall of Fame, and I was, the Supremes weren't rock and roll either. Anyone think Aretha shouldn't be in there? Shut up, all right. But this is a proper rock and roll band, and this is a proper rock and roll song. Almost zero percent chance they get in, but God damn, do I love Judas Priest? It's the Brian Oak Show. My dear, dear hope is that they make it into this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee class. But looking at the 17 artists who are on the list, slightly less than a 0% chance but Judas Priest gets come in. Come on. I mean, they were huge. You know for, you know, I couldn't yeah, agree more, yeah. right? I mean, like, I love that band. In fact, the very first arena show. Everything okay at home? No, I'm I'm fine. Not really. Do you, need the, um, do you need the hind leg maneuver? Not, gross. Sorry. No, I mean, a, a, a warm, strong embrace from behind is fine, <laughs> but don't don't press on my suplex or no, my sternum. Um, <laughs> something wrong with you, man. That's Sean I Bernard, by the way. I'm Brian Oak. It is episode 225 of the Brian Oak Show. First arena show I ever saw in my entire life. I was 11 years old. The year is 1979. And I'm watching TV. My dad's sitting behind me. We're both watching TV, and a commercial comes on. And TV in the 70s was very different than TV afterwards. This commercial comes on, and there are flames and explosions, and there are people dressed like they're in Japanese kabuki theater, except one of them has a tongue longer than a snake and is spitting blood. And I, I, I had no context. I didn't know who the fuck Kiss was. And so <laughs> I looked at this, and I watched it go down. And I couldn't get my head around it. I'm an 11-year-old kid, sure, already a little bit of an outcast and a weirdo. I didn't know anything about rock and roll. I turned around to my dad. I'm like, can we go to that? 
And he looked at me, and, you know, my dad was not one to mince words. And he's like, yeah. And my dad had been a wild child when he was young, and I I would have forgotten about it two days later. Surprised me. Bought tickets to go to the old Met Center to see Kiss's Dynasty Tour. Again, not the strongest era of their career, but the opener was Judas Priest, and it was wasted on an 11-year-old. I didn't realize what I was seeing, but son of a bitch, it was cool. I looked around, and there's all these long-haired late 70s kids. There's guys behind us. My dad was still a cigarette smoker at the time. Yeah. You could still smoke inside. Asking to borrow his lighter. That was the first day I ever smelled weed in my entire life, oh, by yeah. the way. Didn't know what it was at the time, but I knew it smelled different than anything I'd smelled before. And then this just incredible rock spectacle, even from crap seats at the Met Center, I was like, yep, this is what I'm doing. Yep, for the rest of my life, this is what I'm going to fucking do. At least be as close to it as I possibly can. I was Peter Chris for Halloween in the second grade. The Catman. Do you think anybody got a fucking picture of that? Why would they? Selfish bastards. And it looked good, didn't it? I bet it did. Man, Peter Chris, so on, at that tour I went to... He was on the drum riser, right? And of course, here is the era of excess, the band that basically defined <laughs> excess in arena rock. Peter Chris is on a drum riser that starts to slowly rotate, and then it starts to move up into the sky. Yep. And it's like at least a 15-foot-tall riser. He's doing his crazy thing with a giant, giant cat face with glowing green eyes on the front of it. And again, the whole time I'm enamored, it's like Alice in Wonderland, man. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where I am, and I don't necessarily feel safe I want to feel like this for the rest of my goddamn life. Yeah. It was it was absolutely incredible. Anyway, we have important guests that we'd like to talk to today. Lisa Moses McGee and Jennifer Smith are our guests today. They both come from different backgrounds and very interesting backgrounds, but they crossed paths how many years ago today, Lisa? Or this week? 22? No, 23. 23. 23. I know you both because of where I've gone to go have my hair done for a very long time. You both are either owners or workers at Harrowsmith, my personal favorite hairstyling place. But to reduce you to the role of stylist, which is important, and you know how important I feel about it, otherwise I wouldn't keep going there. There's so much more to the story for both of you than that. Um, but it's lovely to have you here. Lisa, I want to start with you. you. You're born and raised Minnesotan, yeah? Born in Seattle, okay. raised in Northeast Minneapolis. Born in Portland right here, Portland, Oregon, but raised in <clears throat> Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Um, so you are from Minneapolis. You grew up, I mean, and you were telling me, I don't even know where to start with your story, right? Like, I mean, obviously the associations there, the things that you do now that are rock and roll oriented, your love of music has informed, obviously, your entire life. So let's start here. Growing up. At some point, you realize you're not like everybody else, right? I mean, that happens to all of us. When do you realize, how old are you when you realize you're not like everybody else? I'm very young. Probably four Okay, is the first live show that I went to, which was Johnny Mathis' Christmas show at the Carlton Celebrity Room. You don't say. I do say. My parents always were listening to music mm-hmm. nonstop, so I was... Everything from Waylon Jennings to Alice Cooper to Three Dog Night to um, Alan Sherman comedy albums, okay? Yeah, no, I know who that is. I mean, so but, but there was always a good mix going on. Everything all the time. that's not everybody's story. Sometimes no. I have country parents. I have R&B parents. I have rock and roll parents. I have Lawrence Welk parents. I have all those things. Okay. And my mom and my grandma brought me to that show... And it was a magical Christmas <laughs> spectacle. Just. Do you remember general imagery and general feelings? Or do you, I mean, because four years old is young. I can't pull a lot from four years old. Do you have specific memories, things yes. that you can paint perfectly in your mind? Yes. Really? I still remember exactly what I was wearing. Wow. I remember feeling how importantly special it was to be part of this 200 people or whatever was there. I'm making that number up at the you know, Carlton, sure, it wasn't roughly. that big. And that I was sharing an experience with these strangers and obviously my grandma, my mom, and one of my sisters. I have three younger sisters. And I was hooked. Uh, that's all I wanted to do. I already had been in a couple productions of South Pacific on a cruise ship. At and, the age of four? Yes. Really? Yes. Well, so, I mean, like, that was my so first you're, album. You're basically a showbiz kid, kind of. My mom was a singer, right? 
She loved to sing. She was a model. She, her and Lonnie Anderson were best friends. Go on. Yes. I'm listening. And so they went to modeling school together. WKRP in Cincinnati, Lonnie Anderson? Yes, absolutely. I don't know if I've heard that story before. Oh, yes. Her son is named after my mom. (laughs) What? Her and Burt Reynolds. Yes. Brian, the stories, they are a plenty. Okay, well. Anyway, that is where I knew that that was special to me. Yeah. And... Then, kind of, as I got a little bit old, I was going to concerts constantly. They just started bringing me to everything from, I went to see Sean Cassidy. I went to see um, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers at the State Fair, the Osmonds. Anything they were going to, they just brought me with. That's awesome. And about six or seven years old, I remember my mom walking through the Red Owl grocery store. Oh, I love the Red Owl. Dude, there was a Red Owl in Coon Rapids. It right. was sort of ground zero for everything that happened there. I remember Red Owl exactly. real well. Exactly. And right? that was back in the days when they could write the note, give my kid the cigarettes. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, so we're walking through the grocery store and my mom would unapologetically sing an entire album out loud. Like a Carly Simon, start to finish. Nice. And I'm thinking, wow, this is so great. Y- you weren't embarrassed. You're like, my mom's a singer. Yeah, my mom. Yeah, my mom's a mom of all this. Yeah. My dad's at work, and my mom's got to go grocery shopping, but she's not going to stop playing an album. She's just going to cut one at the grocery store. What was fantastic. So you're the eldest of four girls. Yes. That's crazy. Like, I mean, like, so you're the Marsha Brady of your family. I am. Yeah. Of young parents too, yeah. in the city. Well, And I totally get it. But I mean, four girls in one family, I feel like that is something that is worth its own podcast. Like there's so much to unpack there. I don't even want to start there. At what age, though, as you start to grow up and you're surrounded by music, you're surrounded by creativity, you've obviously got parents who are willing to let you explore some of that. But at some point, and I hate to say this, I'm not trying to judge you, Jen, or you, Lisa, but you both got a little wild child to you, and I hope yes. you take that as a compliment. At some point, I we we, we go from being we go from being creative types. Oh, she's very musical. Oh, she's got a lot of spirit. To being an actual wild child. How old are you when wild child sets in? Definitely. Well, I'm at the roller rink every weekend for right sure yeah. when my chores are done uh-huh. by ten. Yep. So I. Well, you get up early to knock them out, so you can spend the whole day there. I mean, ten years old. Oh, I thought you meant 10 a.m. No. <laughs> by, but by 10, you're knocking out your chores, and I'm at the roller rink, and I'm doing it. I am so at, at the roller rink. I mean, that's an exceptional era for music. 1978. Did you get good at roller skating? Absolutely. I still do it. I'm addicted. Really? I'm at cheap skate all the time. Cheap skate in Coon Rapids? Yes. You know that I grew up about yes, 10 feet from there, right? Yes. Like, I mean, I, again, I sucked at it. I could never do it backwards, but oh. I, I did manage to do the foot over foot thing, the which crossover. made me feel like, exactly, made me feel like I was Sean Cassidy. There was always that one guy that was about eight years older than the rest of us that had the feathered hair and the long comb in his back pocket. That I would just be going many like combs, 80 many miles an hour, combs. like through the the rank and he's just there by himself he was the matthew mcconaughey oh he yeah. wasn't there by himself he was he was very much on the lookout right yes okay. he was also yes, he was. those combs had a name that i was recently reminded of which we will not speak of on this show that um i'm just glad that we've moved forward as a society <laughs> jen i would like to bring you into the conversation you have been on this show before but i believe it was more than 200 episodes ago I believe it was one of your very first episodes. It was, and we talked about Toys for Tots and the effort that you were doing. Um, At what point in your ascendance through childhood into adolescence, wherever it was, I mean, because you're covered in tats, you're not afraid to be yourself. At some point, wild child has to manifest. When did you become your wild child? I don't really recall not being a wild child. Really? I was an only child, and I was allowed to really own myself. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. Well, okay, good. It worked well, out, didn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, so these days, I know you both as hairstylists, but you both do so much more. But before we go any further in the story, I hate talking too long without hearing music. A big part of this show is music. And Lisa, I asked you to pick some out. Now, when I talk about doing things, it's closely related to hairstyles. We're going to play some Alice Cooper right here. But before we do, will you please tell me about the affinity of Alice Cooper and the things that you do without taking up the rest of the show, because I know there's a lot, mm-hmm. that are Alice Cooper adjacent. Well, first of all, 
the song I sent was almost Cooper. That's our song. Oh, it is. It, that is our song. Oh, well, and let the me money, go back. And the money that. goes right to, then this is where this all comes in. So we've worked with Alice Cooper for there almost 10 right years. right there, almost Cooper, and right. I blew it. Let me hang on. Look, I'll fix it. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Alice. He's 74. I'm wearing my ring that is a direct replica of his original snake, Dolly, D-A-L-I. Go on. Um, How we started working with Alice was we met at an art gallery of all places. Is it the live one from Christmas Fruitcake? Yes, it's very good. All right, very good. So anybody who downloads this, just by the way, all the money goes to the kids for for the arts. They get free art. Anything. All right. I just so want to make sure it wasn't like that. to the but demon kids or anything no. like that. It goes to the good kids. <laughs> it goes to the kids that want to learn how to play instruments, be a singer, uh, be a record uh, producer, be a radio. What What do you do? Do you guys just call yourselves DJs still? Radio yeah, kind engineers? Of announcer. I mean, like, I'm I, haven't, sure. I haven't jockeyed a disc in a very, very right. long time. It's all on the okay. computer these days. But yeah, DJs still kind of so want to go by. We started working with them back in like 10 years ago, making wigs and working on the wardrobe for the tours. We met at an art gallery. Is this Alice Cooper or yes, almost Cooper Alice we're talking Cooper. about? Right on. And Stephanie and I started working with with them. She's my business partner in Harrowsmith. And we became friends with the Coopers and started doing going on tours. And then we started performing as the Nightmare Nurses with them. So we're guest nurses. So anybody who's seen Alice Cooper in, you know, the last decade plus, when you see the nurses come up there in their lovely white sanitary garb that is coated in blood and their faces <laughs> look nightmarish, you and Stephanie are the Nightmare Nurses. Yes. That's wild. Yes, I am Lethal Lisa, and she is Stephanie Stabs. Of course. <laughs> I love you guys so much, and man. I really do. So when we decided that we were going to try and do more, when we were doing more and more um, volunteering with Alice Cooper Solid Rock Foundation, and we, Bobby Jensen from Hairball, decided to start Almost Cooper and asked us to be a part of that since we're already all ingrained. And that's what we do now. So we perform with their blessing, with all the exact same props that they made for Alice, they made for us, the same costuming, everything. See, everything I've ever heard about Alice Cooper, I know somebody who used to be his manager back in the 70s who I met in the late 80s and he was kind of far gone. But everything he ever said, anything I've ever heard anyone say who's ever met Alice Cooper is that despite the (laughs) perils of rock and roll decadence of the 1970s, one of the kindest most genuine and most generous individuals you could ever possibly hope to meet. Absolutely. I spend time with them all the time. Very good friends with them. Just came back, actually, from on Tuesday from Arizona. <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you say Arizona? Arizona. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're wonderful. They're wonderful people, and they treat all of their employees well and their friends and i can't say enough great things about them and we've we've been trying to get a solid rock teen center here in minneapolis for about a year we've been working on that well and we look forward to it and when it happens you please come back on the show and tell us about it almost cooper slightly different than alice cooper but if people want to hear more about almost cooper and help raise money for these kinds of efforts where do they go almostcooper.com good here's almost cooper on the brian oak show
You go download that copy by almost Cooper, A Billion Dollar Babies, and the donation goes to ARSR, who is who again? That is Alice Cooper Solid Rock yep. Teen Centers, and they provide any kind of lessons that have to do with the arts, basically, for free to kids 12 to 20. Wait a minute. I thought he was a danger to today's young people. He is not, actually. I Look... I've seen shows. I've seen the makeup. I've heard the message in the music. I'm not 100% certain, Lisa, that he's not a threat to today's young people. Well, I would just like to say back to that, who is the actual killer in his shows? Oh. That would be me. <gasps> Jesus. Sorry I brought it up. <laughs> wow. That's, what, what's the name of the nurses? The Nightmare Nurses. The Nightmare Nurses. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. We'll talk more about the events you have coming up this weekend. First, I want to check in with my friend Sean, who, in addition to being co-owner of this fine podcast you're enjoying right now, and a basically lifelong friend. I mean, we've known each other for more of our adult lives than we haven't known each other. That's true. Get your head around that garbage. We worked a lot of local radio together. Oh, man. We got an appearance coming up this weekend at the cell phone store. It's going to be great. We're giving away tickets to go see Three Doors Down. It's going to be super fun. Except for the only problem is there's only one member left. Okay. I always love those ticket giveaways. Also, when you did an appearance at a cell phone store. Yes. And immediately your job is to go up and talk to them when they walk through the door. Nobody goes into the cell cell phone store in a good mood. They're there because their shit's not working. And they're mad. It's like, hey, would you like a chance to win tickets to go see Marcy Playground? And they look at you like they want to punch you right (laughs) in the... In the fucking sensitive. I was going to get my own tickets, but I couldn't actually get on the internet from my cell phone. God damn it. And so anyway, <laughs> uh, my point is, Sean and I have known each other for a long time. These days we work together on this podcast, but you also are a realtor for Edina Realty at 50th and France. House tricks. It's super busy right now, and it's only going to get busier, it sounds like. So I got a full weekend starting today uh, in about an hour. Uh, we'll wrap her up here soon. Okay, very I get busy. It. I get and it. then I drive to Buffalo tonight for a... Uh, see a lake place with a friend of mine, so should be good. This year, I'm doing what I did last year. I donated a portion of every buy and sell to a local musician or band, and so uh, and that's of the person's choice that's buying or selling. So 612-859-2594, that number is also textable. Before we go uh, any further and get into the events that you have coming up tonight and tomorrow, I know you both through your involvement at Harrowsmith. That's how I met both of you. Harrowsmith, a great local institution. Prior to Harrowsmith, it was Maud. Prior to that, there were attachments to other various salons around the area. I'm not really a fancy hair guy, and as I get older, there's less and less of it to work with. But, Jen, you've been very generous and very kind. I appreciate the work that you do. I really want to Anton LaVey your face. I know you do. So I've had this beard for a long time now. But, like, even if it's, like, a diabolical pointy goatee, are you sure? I mean, I have a head that's round like a prize-winning pumpkin at a county fair. I'm not sure I could get away with a go- with a, a spiky, satanic goatee. Well, it doesn't have to be that satanic. Why? If well, we're going to do just... it, let's do it. <laughs> Come on now, Brian. All right. We don't need to bring it all the way down. Right. Just... So, like not like, like I'm, like, not like I'm trying to be a moonshiner or get into craft brewery. You're just talking about well-articulated. We're not adding beads. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, no, not any beads. There's not going to be any bangles in my beard. But if I thought, I mean, now here's the other thing I'm not going to do because it has gone Compose relatively. Compose yourself, Lisa. <laughs> it, it has gone relatively gray down there. One thing I swear I'm never doing is just for men. I've decided I'm letting myself bald. I'm letting myself gray. I, and I'm not against people who color their hair or do certain things, but most men who put stuff in their eyebrows or their beard or their mustache, it looks like some sort of grand guignol stage makeup from the 1800s. It's a horrifying nightmare. It's very ev- muddy. Everybody knows. It's like and, green and orange all green, at the same it's time. It's very See, muddy. You're stylist, and so you know how to you know like help people pull that stuff off so that it's at least vaguely believable. Guys who do it themselves, muddy, I think, is like... Generous. I feel like it looks like it was put on with a trowel. Like right? a funeral I, artist. Yeah. <laughs> I say, did you apply that with oven mitts? Exactly. Oh, well put. So, Jen, we'll talk more about the levee. Please. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. it just... Brian, it would be slimming to your face. Yes, oh, it because certainly it would, make it would longer. be. It would yes. really bring out your eyes. Shh. 
Yes. Here's one of the reasons that I like going to Harrowsmith. Well, actually, many reasons. I like virtually everyone I've ever met who ever worked there. I came in through Amy Lowe these many years ago yep. with, with, um, with, when she worked back at Hair Police, and I've just sort of followed the thread ever since then. There is a rock and roll attitude to Harrowsmith that, well, as you can tell by the name itself, that doesn't exist in a lot of places. There's a glammy element. There's a cool classic rock element. There's a 70s and 80s pop element. My daughter worked for you guys for a few years uh, when she was probably too young to be working, but I'm not, you know, I'm cool with that because I'll take all the positive influence I can get. But every time something sort of classic rocky or glammy comes on and she's singing to it, I'm like, how the hell do you know that song? And Because, again, she's 23, a little older now. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? I worked at Harrowsmith, Dad. I'm like, right, right. I, I always forget. And, you know, I mean, you've got the music on we in the background. We broke Abby out into the theater business. Thank we God. brought her everywhere. We were bringing her down to First Avenue, slinging hair everywhere. Yeah, I know. She's one of my favorite people, as She's you know. She's the best. She's an incredible individual. Hi, Abby. Yeah, well, and we miss you. The chances of her listening to an episode of this podcast are, again, mathematically zero. I, oh, have a, come on. I have a business idea for you. Maybe it's just once a month. Maybe it's once a week. This is the business idea. Here we and I think okay, you'll I'm like ready. it. No, I'm ready. Don't listen to him. Harioke. So you, oh ha- you literally put the lyrics on the screen and the people while they're getting their hair cut. I'd like to say you're tunes. the first person to think of that. I'm not. But we used to have the karaoke machine and we would actually sing while you were processing. I, would, I have video footage. Well, I would, you've got three hours like to kill proof. while your hair is like, processing. I mean, I'd like proof. You, well, I've got a phone right here. My I, solicitors will be in touch, is exactly. what you're saying. You thought you had a new franchisable idea I thought right karaoke there. was the, like, the next big I thing. I have so many of my little things. I've been like, quit being paranoid. Let's just nice. do this. Oh, my God. Uh, here we go. Here we go. I do actually love your salon, though, and it recently moved. It moved to a new location. Yes. Still very much active, though, and I appreciate what you do, and I'm not going anywhere else in the near future. However, Harrowsmith is not just limited to being a salon. You have done a ton of other things over the years. I I feel like every single time I walk into the place, Lisa, you're working on wigs. We do a lot of wigs for people all over the country. And I get that, right? I mean, like, because I remember... So this may come as, I know I've I've told you this story before. I moved downtown when I was 19 years old. And my very first job was a receptionist at the Red Carpet Hair Salon on Nicollet Avenue between 9th and 10th. And the owner, Aaron, was there. And his sort of partner in crime was a guy named Rob. Rob would be there until 2 in the morning combing out wigs, mostly blue hair wigs. I don't mean to be too judgy about that. But that, you know, in 1988, that's what he's working on. But he was doing it, so you're not just cutting people's hair who comes in there. Who wears wigs? I mean, sometimes theatrical, sometimes day-to-day. Who are you doing wigs for at Aerosmith? We make a lot of wigs for theatrical performances, Mm -hmm. a lot of wigs for impersonators, or like, for instance, on the... Wait a minute, um, are you referring to female impersonators? Sometimes. Oh, okay. So, so uh, we we will do like the drag queen wigs. Yeah, yeah. But we also do a lot of like tribute bands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got it. All right. So we just have orders right now for Peter Chris wig from some guy in Kansas City. Don't tell wig. Sean that. Sean has Please. disposable income right now. Please. If he comes in here with the white cat makeup on and wearing one of your wigs, I will love you forever. Don't do kill it. my dream. We, no, you're 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 actually yeah, endorsing I, I my dream. I turned it around. Do it. Do wow, it. You, you know what? Me. You you would be surprised. You could go just go be someone else for a day. I wear wigs all the time to the roller rink because I'm just doing my thing. And well, but you're a hairstylist, right? And so, like one of the things, like when I first met Amy and got to know Amy and was getting my hair cut by her. Literally every single time I came in, her hair looked different. It's got to be hard for you, right? Like, to not every single day be like, I don't know why not Aquamarine. I don't know why not a Karen haircut. Well, I, th- I don't know oh, why not a Bob. Oh, okay. Karen. I am always like, don't leave me alone bored with a razor because right. I will have a new <laughs> hairstyle. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna chop these bangs up a little bit, and then you know what I'm gonna do? Tie in my own extensions. That's right. And so, I do that too. Of course you do, because that's what hairstylists do. You can't stop messing around. But that's good. That's why you're innovative. It's part of your craft, right? Let me ask you a quick question. Then we have to hear another song. We talk to mostly musicians on this show, but not exclusively. Uh, many musicians, even if they're very accomplished and very seasoned, they have this attitude like. 
I'm still not as good as this person. I still have this much to learn about that. There, There is so much to my craft, whether I'm a guitar player or a piano player or strictly a vocalist, that I don't know that I'll ever, before I die, get to the point where I know everything. Do you feel the same way about doing hair and oh, doing absolutely. styles? They're, they're, yes. You can't ever know every, everything, right? No, and everything evolves. Everything is constantly evolving. I don't have like specific people that I look to for that, other than... My partners, I mean, I look to what's Jen doing, what's Stephanie doing, or Amy, anybody. But we like to kind of create the trends. We say the trends don't move as fast as we do. Right. So I, it doesn't matter what it is. We're self-taught on 95% of what we do. Absolutely. And again, like you said, it changes all the time. And so whether you are a professional athlete, a professional musician, a professional stylist, what really an accountant, a realtor, dare I say, nobody bats a thousand. Do you ever remember anything where you're like, oh God, I thought this was going to be cool and this looks like garbage. I've done that to myself many times. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't say that I've ever done that part that way. I have had to do hair that I didn't like. Right. There's there's a lot of that. Right, like the Kentucky waterfall. Uh, just so many things. Tennessee I, top I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, so I'm not going to say that. But there are right. like, right. there's threatening <laughs> positions you're put in where you're like, Wow, I am coloring Steven Tyler's eyelashes. I could be responsible for blinding him. Those kind of things you get a little scared, but no one would ever know because I never act scared in the moment. Well, but that's the whole point of being a professional, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. have, you're like, fine, say yes to everything, even if you're not sure you can do it. Before we hear this next song, did you actually color Steven Tyler's eyelashes? Yes. Under contract. Yes. What, what color? <laughs> Black. What color were they? Just kind of blondish. Okay, okay. But he wanted them to pop a little bit more. Yes. That used to be a secret. No, well, he didn't care. And, and again, I, no one listened to this podcast, so you're going to be fine. But also, oh, like... They used to make us sign all these agreements back in the day when we were fresh. Non-disclosures. Yes, but nobody makes us do that anymore. I can tell you, I, you know, we hang out with a lot of really fun, cool people. People that... I, other people probably think are jerks. They're not. They're they're people. I find having interviewed a great number of these types of people we're talking about, 99% of them are fantastic. <clears throat> like everything else in life, though, you do run into dicks. You do run into people who are impatient or perhaps a little curt. But, you know, again, that is the exception and by no means the norm. You have events coming up tonight and tomorrow, and we are going to devote the rest of the show to those after we hear one more song. As I mentioned, uh, Judas Priest, I absolutely love, but don't have the privilege of knowing anyone in the band personally, but Lisa, I understand that that's not the case with you. No. Tell Rob me. is my buddy. Rob Halford is your buddy. <laughs> he is. I See, and Rob Halford, whether we're talking about Judas Priest era, moving on, the band two, solo stuff, he seems cool. Everything I've ever read, ever heard, every interview I've I, ever seen. He's great. Rob seems real he doesn't he doesn't it doesn't look like he's putting on airs doesn't like he's trying to be like i'm a rock god although he is a rock god he is the metal god yes exactly yes he always says i'm in the 10 percent because mostly men go to the shows and about 10 percent of women and i'm always like what are you gonna play tonight what are you gonna do (laughs) he's like what do you want me to play i'm like well i want you to play some heads are gonna roll i want you to play locked in you know Songs that weren't really popular on the radio. But. Which is fine. Look, man, you go back and listen to British Steel, Hellbent for Leather, uh, Screaming for Vengeance, and, and there are more records prior and after that. Dig, if you love a band, like I'm going right now through a Scorpions phase, 70 Scorpions, Uli Roth, yes. as the guitar player. There's some none frightening of, photos from None of then. that stuff was ever, oh, there are, like of almost Renaissance Festival-like photos. <laughs> the, but, the, but there are songs that never... 15 years before they had a hit in the U.S., this was a force of nature in rock and roll. So I know exactly what you mean about digging a little deeper on those records. He was a clothing, he sold clothes, men's clothing, before he started. Halford did? Yes. Really? In that band. He's wonderful. He also lives in Phoenix, so, you know, I'm there a lot. Phoenix, Arizona? Yes. Rob Halford? Yes. Was he golf? No. 
Okay. He doesn't. All right. Alice does every day. I know he does. But he works a lot with Solid Rock. So that is where we really got to, you know, talk more. And he was slated actually to do our fruitcake here in, in Minneapolis before the shutdown. Is that a metaphor? What does that mean, do our fruitcake um, Well, Alice Coop... Alice- <laughs> I don't, I don't Alice, know what that means. Alice has the Christmas pudding show okay. that raises money every okay. year full of huge names all the time. And we did our own version that you just heard the song from, which was the Christmas fruitcake. Okay. And Rob said, I'm going to do that with you guys next year. Wow. And that was for 2020. And then, of course, we didn't get to have it. So now we'll hopefully we'll get to do one in 2022. And... He's he's a very kind, generous man, and he he's having a, a few health battles right now. So, hopefully, that goes away. Fingers crossed. We hope for the best. Why did you pick this song? It's just one of my absolute favorites. This one and "Take My Chains Off" are my two. I, I, you cannot be in a bad mood and listen to this song. If you are, by the time it's over, you're gonna be like. Yeah, that that head's gone. So I'm good now. He really likes taking off heads. I, you know what? It's kind of my theme song. Wow, well here we go. Turn it up then. Judas Priest on the Brian Oak Show.
honest to God. Like, I mean, early British metal, I, you know, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. It, there's just, there's so much good stuff in there. And, oh, it wasn't a hit? Okay. And then people pass it right by. Go ahead and fucking rock. It's Friday today, all right? Go all ahead day. and rock the fuck. I, even when it goes back to, so, so growing up here, you know, when I was a kid, before I learned anything about alt music or had any sort of access to some of the deeper, older, weirder, non-album track stuff, you know, songs like... um Knock down, drag out, rock and roll party in the streets by Axe, right? I mean, like, that was cool, man. Like, even 38 Special, rocking into the night. God damn it, I wish I was still a teenager. <laughs> Not really, because you know what? Those years are terrible. Lisa Moses <laughs> no. McGee and Jen Smith are our <laughs> guests right now. Ostensibly, I know them from Harrowsmith, but they're both involved in so much more. And before we all move on to our weekends, you actually have a big event coming up tonight. So, We'll publish this this afternoon. Hopefully people will hear about it. What's going on tonight? Well, tonight we have our ladies archery night at Bawana Archery that is benefiting bows for the number four mm-hmm. badges Okay, um, that Jen and I are both on the board for. This is sold out tonight, but please go follow us on Facebook and, and, and watch for other events with our bands. But what Bows for Badges does is we make financial donations to children of fallen first responders right. however they lost lost their life so mm-hmm. whether they're a firefighter police officer nurse paramedic anybody who is going out helping the community lose their life we try and help their kids if they're still in high school or younger we send them a check every year so this is a new two years now we've been we're a 501c3 fully federally tax all of the special things you have to do yeah yeah and we do it through archery events and then we tie in all of our music stuff too so which is cool archery i i love the fact that you're using archery to do this because archery held a special place in my heart when i was young not that i did it a lot but every time growing up as a boy scout every time i did it i loved it there was something visceral there was something immediate about it right it like you had to dial it in you had to be good it required strength and discipline that at the time i did not have so i sucked at it and i probably don't have it now when's the first time you twanged a bow and you're like or knocked an arrow and you're like this is my shit right here. Uh, that would be last year on Labor Day weekend. I said, Mom, do you still have your bow? Because she was a competitive archer. Right. She said, I do. I have a 1964 Ben Pearson, which is beautiful, mm-hmm. recurve. Brought it to me at the cabin. One shot. I'm like, well, that just add that to my killing list. This is what I do now. Yes. This is another way that I can be part of the Secret Assassin Association Absolutely. that you and Jen apparently That's, have. My name is Lethal Lisa. If people, if people, so tonight's event is sold out. It but is. if people want to know more about the future, either because they're interested in archery or they'd like to support support bows for badges, what's Ground Zero? Where's the best place to get that information? Bowsforbadges.org. Okay. And we have merch on there. You can just make donations and any events that come up. We're going to have a couple concerts this summer, probably outdoor events at places that have archery ranges. Do you feel it's responsible to give people who are at a rock show bows and arrows? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) No, it's a risk you're willing to take. It's absolutely not responsible. (laughs) Tomorrow, uh, you and um, your business partner staff are going to be uh, apparently making a run at my regular daytime job of being a radio guy. You're going to be on a radio station. Now, I know a little bit about your musical predilections. Not a lot, but a little for how much time I've spent at (laughs) Harrowsmith. So I have a feeling this is going to be a good show. Is this going to be metal, classic rock, pop? late 70s post-punk all that kind of stuff yes no it's all album rock actually so (gasps) go on it's it's on the goat which is album rock Um, (laughs) you can tell he's a radio guy because that was totally superfluous 5 40 a.m or 94.3 fm and it's streamed so you can go to the their website but They do a a segment every week where you can be a guest dj and our segment will be all client related so it's really a big song list around the hollywood vampires drinking club okay which the hollywood vampires are our clients so you can like the ex- actual ho- i mean i know you know alice but the rest as well johnny depp yeah well yeah too crazy yes and who's the joe third perry. Though, nothing, there well, it is joe perry right well those are the those are the main guys in the band now but it started you know they were a softball team 
Really? And then they turned into a drinking club in the 70s, 73, 74. So John Lennon, Ringo Starr, Mickey Dolenz, Harry Nielsen. I mean, the... And, you know, we have like a lot. We're lo- talking John Lennon's last weekend if Harry Nilsson's yes, there. 100%. And they the were playing softball. The last weekend softball, that lasted two years. Exactly. But, I mean, they're playing softball ganked to the freaking gills. Well, then they go up in the loft in the in the vampire's lair. <laughs> and it, it's a drinking club. Yeah. They're just getting hammered. After right. playing against firefighters, police departments all day long as kind of publicity stunts. Right. I think Peter Tork was actually also on the team. Right on. There's a lot of people involved in in the in the softball team. Not as many involved in the drinking club understood, part of it. Understood. Understood. But the song list is 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 varied. We'll say it goes everywhere from the Monkees to Slave Raider. Fine. That sounds great. Slave Raider. Remind me one more time. Where can I hear all that? That is on the Goat. Okay. Which is based out. I of can hear it in in Minneapolis right now. Yes, it you streams, it. but it also is five forty a.m. and ninety four point three FM, and it's based out of uh, St. Cloud, I think. Okay, very good. Uh, before we let you walk out of here, Jen, in addition to doing everything within your human powers to make me presentable when I try to go out in public, which I know is not an easy task. You're but so I, pretty. I appreciate. <laughs> it's so, not so true. pretty. It's so not true. But I appreciate the efforts and I enjoy our time together. You, the last time I saw you for a haircut, you told me you were going out in a brand new endeavor where you were going to incorporate another part of who you are and something that you love into something you want to do professionally tell me about it it's called jealous rickies and it's sustainable fashion get up on that microphone right now jealous rickies thank you sustainable fashion okay it's vintage gear and goods so streetwear new luxury items that are all been repurposed everything is being saved from going into a landfill perfect well, because there's nothing that you can't repurpose right like you can find the ugliest pair of orange corduroys you've ever seen in your life at savers and you can repurpose those you can do something with yes you sure can and the quality from items made in america in the 1950s right is far beyond anything you're ever going to find today that's fantastic so if i wanted to know more about that where would i go i mean i imagine there's got to be some destination on the internet or some sort of weird bizarre back corner back alley pop-up store i could go to. maybe you could check out palmer's bar on the west bank what's going on over there i'm doing a pop-up march 5th okay two to seven very good a couple other vendors super kush uh, which is also repurposed goods. Mm-hmm. He does T-shirts, hoodies. A woman by the name of Jennifer Sh- Jennifer Schultz will be there okay. as well. She's a beautiful. She does amazing art on fabric. She repurposes handbags and shoes. We're all trying to save the planet. Well, I would save one the planet. T-shirt at a time. Also, let's look a little cooler, right? I mean, can we make the West Bank look like it did in 1973? Can we give that a shot, please? I think yes. we're going to try. I don't think anyone would be mad about that. Palmer's longtime friends of this particular podcast, Zaccardi and I, go back way too many years. All the other people working there as well, Christy Costello working on booking the shows. They do a great job, and they're in an era where right across the street, longtime staple, most recently part wolf, but the Nomad has pulled the plug. It's going away. They're going to slow Slap up another one of those shitty-looking, square-ass, Ikea-looking no. fucking condos no. there. Yeah, no. that's real sad. I, I wish that that was not the case, Lisa, but... Um, it's sad. I'm sad when I just came here today and saw that Adrian's does not exist. Uh, little known fact, used to be a bar slinger there. Really? While I worked in the prison, that's where I, what I did at night. I worked there. You're coming back because we have so <laughs> many more stories to tell. Although I will say this about 48th in Chicago... Given what we've all gone through in the last couple of years, it's surprisingly vibrant. This There's yes. still something here, right? We're watching a lot of things evaporate entirely. Fingers crossed that we'll be able to hang on to as much of it as possible, like the brand new Supper Club right next door to us. Well, and we're friends with the Parkway Theater. Those are all clients uh-huh. as well. Really? Yes. Okay, well, we'll have to talk more in the future. Maybe what we'll do is we'll do a makeover of Sean at a future Patreon oh event. Oh my gosh, could we please? Good luck Not with that you Irish Sean. Yeah, he, no. Well, Hair extensions? Oh, oh we, no. Wigs? Peter Chris. Peter Chris, all the way. Let's do it. How about some facial hair? Does it grow well? 
I, uh, Can I Anton here, LeVay around your face? Here, yes. What if we get the rights shitty, to show... A shitty Irish beard here, but Chris, here's good. Like, good uh, mustache. Kiss versus the Phantom of the Park. Yes. And we'll yes. do a halfway intermission in which you're transformed into Peter Chris. I like we it. We can do that. We've transformed people on stage many times. But what about you, Brian? No, Brian's going to be Gene Simmons. I, I just want to do the beard. If anybody... I'm Paul Stanley. I'm well, Star Child. If anybody, except for the Harry Chat, well, I, no, the Harry Chat I'm Ace Freely. Another friend. I love Ace Freely. You Which, will hear an Ace Freely song tomorrow if they tune in. All I'm right. Gene. I'm definitely Gene. Yeah, we'll see. Then, then we're covered. We got will the whole you, band. Will you call Heather Kemper and tell her I'm going to be late for this next appointment? Okay, no, I will call her. We have to wrap up right now. This we have long gone over. We have many more stories to tell. Lisa and Jen, thank you very much for coming thank in. Thank you, thank you guys for coming in. We'll talk to you again. And we are leaving with literally a top five favorite song of mine all time. But I didn't pick it. Before we go, Lisa, why'd you pick this one? This is in my top five favorite albums. This was my favorite album to turn on while I would play pinball at my cabin it's my pinball wizard album the last three songs on side one might be the perfect trifecta triumvirate triptych of three songs in a row uh double life into shooby doo into this particular song right here it's among my favorites of all time i can't you cannot be crabby and listen to this song impossible absolutely you both have a wonderful weekend we'll talk to you next time all right you too thanks for having us gladly brian oak show episode 225 with literally one of the greatest songs of the rock era 